Hello, everyone, and welcome to Gay Men Going Deeper. This is a podcast by the Gay Men's Brotherhood, where we talk about personal development, mental health, and sexuality. Today, we are your hosts. We have Matt Lancetal. He is an intuitive life and spiritual coach and counselor focusing on healing and empowerment. We also have Reno Johnston, who is a spiritual life, love, and business coach. And I am Michael Diorio, a life and wellness coach specializing in sexuality, relationships, and self-confidence. We each have our own coaching practices, but in this podcast, we're sharing all of our best stuff. And today's topic, we are going to be talking about coming out to family. Some of the questions we'll be unpacking today are, how did you come out to your family? How open are you with your family about your sexuality and love life? And what tips would you offer someone who is considering coming out to their family? All right, reminder uh, for our audience out there that we'll be continuing this discussion on the last Thursday of the month in the Gay Men's Brotherhood Zoom Hangout. This is where we give you guys, our audience, a chance to share your own thoughts on the topics that we discuss here. So to join us, go to the Gay Men's Brotherhood Facebook group and check out the events tab to RSVP. I'll put the link in the show notes. And if you don't have Facebook, that's okay. Just make sure you get on our mailing list and we'll email you the Zoom link the day before. Reminder that this podcast and YouTube channel are listener and viewer supported. So if you enjoy what we're creating here, you can support us by making a donation to the show using the link in the show notes. Also, you can subscribe to get early access to episodes on Apple Podcasts. All of your support helps us to continue making content and supporting this community. So we thank you very much in advance for that. And finally, if you want to accelerate your personal development journey, please check out our coaching collection. It includes two courses, uh, Healing Your Shame and Building Better Relationships, plus 45 premium personal development coaching videos on topics such as body positivity, relationships, self-confidence, and community. So head over to gaymengoingdeeper.com for more info. All right, let's jump in. Coming out to your family. FYI, you guys know that I like to uh, do a little bit of digging into the archives before we start these episodes. So this is actually the third episode we've done specifically on coming out. Mm. The first one was episode 15 called Coming Out. Then we had one called Coming Out Later in Life, which was episode 46. And today, FYI, is episode number 167. Whoa. Crazy. Um, I remember that first one. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I think I we were see. all there. And, uh-huh, and Callum as we well. Were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's been a while. It's been a while since we've done this topic. And today is specifically about coming out to family. Hmm. And I'll give the audience a little bit of a background on how we do this. So we kind of like bounce ideas off of each other uh, a few weeks in advance and it, it's always about the theme and this month's theme in the gay men's brotherhood is uh, family I believe and so mm-hmm. our episode a couple weeks ago was um, family matters and so when I was thinking about this I thought you know it it is a big topic for a lot of people and whether you're out to your family or not I think this is also really important because we're always really coming out right uh, so just because you come out once to, let's say, mom and dad doesn't mean you're, you're not still coming out to extended family and whatnot. Um, and then the other pieces that I want to talk about is access. So it's not just about coming out, but also the access that we give our families with respect to our, our gay lives. So that's another aspect I want to talk about today. All right. So coming out to family, as I said, is is a, a pivotal moment, shall we say, for most queer people. It's one of those milestones. I certainly remember the first time I came out to my first family member and some of them actually I don't remember at all and other ones I do very vividly it's very interesting how that happens but either way I want to say that this is a highly individualized process again we are not here to say what is the right or wrong way to do anything we are just here sharing our story sharing our experiences 
in hopes that it can inspire you and hopes that it can give you some um, tips maybe. And um, of course, we'll be sharing our own tips as well. So, you know, we talk a lot about coming out and how it's a good thing, but I also want to reiterate that sometimes it's not. Sometimes the best choice is to not come out. And we can talk about that as well. So we're not here always saying that, oh yeah, you have to come out. You have to be authentic. You have to show people who you are. There are absolutely cases where that is not the right choice, right? So always make your own choices, <laughs> whatever it is you want to do, get some support, get get people out there who uh, care for you, who help you, or even professionals who can help you make the right choice for you. Hmm. Now, what is it about family um, that makes it extremely difficult? I think that regardless of, of whatever age you do it, I'm 40 years old now and I'm still coming out to family members, extended family, um, but it's still hard. <laughs> I'm like, why is this so hard? Um, but I think it's because our families know us the best uh, or maybe, sorry, that's not true. They know, they've known us the longest. They certainly don't know me the best, that's for sure, but they've known me for the longest. And so they know that little boy version of me. And so when I'm with my family, that little boy version of me is very much alive and well, and he's... He's there and he gets triggered very easily. Uh, there's a lot of resistance sometimes around that. I think that makes it extra challenging. Our families can be some of our biggest points of, of trigger. And if you're someone who lives with your family, regardless of what age you are, I think it can make this even more daunting because you have to see them day in and day out. You have an existing relationship. So there's a lot of different moving parts here that can make this a very complex process. Mm -hmm. Um, yes. And so also I want to talk about for those of you who are out and everything, um, the level of access you give your family. I think that's really interesting. And, and how how well do they know that gay version of you versus, yes, you may be out to them in theory, <laughs> but how much do they really know you, right? That that gay aspect. So let's get started. Uh, I know the first question is a very general one, which is how did you come out to your family? And I kept it general because I really want to know. I love with, with Matt and Reno, I love going last because they always inspire uh, my own share. So I want to know generally, and you could take this wherever you want. How did you come out to your family? And today we're going to start with Matt. Hmm. I knew it was coming for me. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I want to just kind of reiterate what you said off the top, because I have a thing with my family. I feel really vulnerable with my family and I've reinvented myself many times throughout my life. And I find that every time I reinvent myself and bring a new version of myself forward, the people that I'm the most scared to bring myself forward to is my family, believe it or not. And I think it's because they, you're right, they know us the best. They've seen the evolution of us and they have perhaps a preconceived notion of who we are. And that for me kind of scares me because it's like, as I'm trying to leave and come out of, of being this straight person and coming out, like they're, they're going to contrast that, how they treat me, how they show up for me uh, and what they mirror to me is going to contrast who I'm coming into. So I feel like when I'm around people that know me really well, it's like they pull me back in. And maybe that's why I've spent most of my life, like moving from group to group to group and being a bit of a social butterfly. It's like, I'm not going to let anybody get to know me too well i'm going to keep you right and so there's this it's made it easier for me to reinvent myself many times because i find that it's, it's safer for me so um <clears throat> i just wanted to, to bring voice to that because i think that's why it can be so challenging to come out to family um because they do know us the best like you said so this is oh i'm 38 so and i came out at 18 so i'm celebrating 20 years of 
of coming out. Woohoo! And I just go back to how I, man, how I felt back then. Like I was lost. I was hurting really bad. And I was in the middle of a really bad addiction, which had a lot to do with this, with hiding who I was and being so lost and wanting to be my authentic self, but being so terrified of being my authentic self. And, um, I remember I came out to my, one of my good friends at the time, her name is Vanessa. And I told her that I was bisexual. So I was like, I'm going to put one foot out of the closet and see how people respond. And it was like, not a big deal. So I was like, okay. And then I think the next person, geez, I can't remember who I told first, actually. Now it might've been my dad and, or maybe it was my mom and my sister, but I, I anyway, with my father, it was. Uh, pretty easy we I remember we were driving and I just said to him like yeah I'm gay and uh his response was he's like oh he's like now I definitely am not going to be able to be a grandpa that's what he said and uh because my sister at the time was with a guy that didn't want kids and uh anyway so that kind of it stung a little bit but I was kind of like well that's not necessarily true I could still have kids as a gay person but Anyway, so pretty easy. And then my mom and my sister, I remember I told them on Mother's Day. So 20 years ago, Mother's Day, um, we were going to drive out uh, to this little small place that we would used to go hang out in Bread Creek in Alberta here. And I remember when we were just pulling off the driveway, they could tell something was wrong. And they're like, what's, you know, what's up or whatever. And my mom, uh, I just said, I'm gay. And she said, yeah, I already knew. And then she said, it's so funny because she's like, I was going to ask you today if you were gay and I was going to tell her on that same day. So my mom and I are really connected like that, like like telepathically. It's kind of strange. She can feel me. Um, yeah. And then it, it just was this, you know, the, the initial burden kind of started coming off. And then, you know, you realize that it's truly it is a an ongoing process. You have to come out at new jobs and you have to come out at, you know, new places. And it's not, it's like, you know, part of me is like, do we have to, like, why, why do we have to other people don't say like, Oh, I'm heterosexual. And they tell you that it's like, but it does, it really does influence like how people, you know, talk to us. Like, do you have a husband versus do you have a wife? Like it's different. Right. And it helps people understand, uh, understand us. So I do think it's important to, to come out and share who we are authentically. Um, but yeah, so that's, and then I, I can't remember how it went from there. I, th I think maybe some of my family members might've told other family members and it was just more organic. And then I think I also shared with, with family members as well. Uh, but I'm very fortunate because I don't come from a super religious family. Um, and everybody in my family was very accepting of me. Um, my uncle is gay on my maternal side. So I remember when I was struggling with my addiction and pre coming out. So I think I was about 17, actually, I, I went and lived with him in Vancouver for a while. And, uh, and that was a really nice mentorship, even though even though I didn't tell him I was gay, like I just I think he knew I knew. And uh, he paved, you know, the way for me in that family, because everybody was very accepting and loving of him. Um, and uh, except for my grandpa, actually, he hid being gay from my grandpa forever and I think my there was a story around my grandpa like knowing but uh and I, I yeah anyway it was strange but he was a very old school guy um yeah that's kind of my story yeah in a nutshell 
Sounds good. <clears throat> I mean, it sounds like you were pretty fortunate in, in those instances. I was very lucky. I also didn't know that you had uh, a gay uncle. That's news. Yeah, I have a gunkle. A gunkle. <laughs> I am a gunkle, and so are you. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I never I thought know. of that actually. Uh, it, it just it just occurred to me i knew i was a gay uncle but i guess i just never thought of it through that lens i was like oh now i'm i'm the uncle yeah. yeah wow we've never actually had too much besides the last episode too much talking about our family so the last few have been really like i feel like i'm getting to know you guys at a new level including this one like i don't even really know our your coming out stories yeah, yeah. so reno tell so us about yours yeah, yeah. Well, one of the things I want to say too, going back to the the opening of this conversation, is that like our family is is our point of origin, right? So, like the way I see it is that's where our world and our reality are formed, you know, as we know it until we begin to sort of muck around in that and tweak it and change it and you know recreate it. Um, and it's also where we're first introduced to love, safety, and belonging, aside from in the womb when we're being carried, right? So it makes perfect sense to me that um, that we would sort of feel this like dependence or be engaged in this dependent dynamic with um, with our family and within mm -hmm. that environment, you know, <clears throat> because it's like, oh, this is where all my needs are met. Um, this is where love, safety, and belonging are derived from. And if I do anything to mess with that, you know, I may lose that. And then what? I die, right? So mm. as an adult, I know that that's not, that's not true now. But, um, but back then, I didn't know better. My consciousness, my, my awareness was like evolving, right? My knowledge was evolving. So, um, so as far as me coming out goes, uh, well, first of all, I I'll jokingly say, but I'm I'm kind of serious about this. Like, I came out when I was born, <laughs> you know, like, it was pretty obvious. <laughs> this one's different, <laughs> you know, and I'm totally cool with that. Um, but officially, officially, I came out when I was 19 years old. And, um, you know, leading up to that point, there were some moments where it was pretty obvious. There was one where um, me and a friend were caught um, messing around as as we young ones do when we're, you know, curious. And um, we actually weren't allowed to hang out after that, which I, I get, like, bless their hearts. Our parents were doing what made sense and I think in those moments when something like that happens they're like they don't know how to deal with it properly so the idea is just to like you know you two can't see each other anymore mm -hmm. and we're just not going to talk about like what happened here um and then my mom caught me well I had I had um we had pay-per-view and I ordered some movies on pay-per-view when I was a teenager in high school. And there's a way in which you can order them so you can't see what the movies are. So I thought I was slick. But because they cost more than regular movies, my mom was like, what's this about? So she did some digging and found out and brought it up. 
And she was like, is there something you want to tell me? And I'm like, I'm in tears. I'm like, no, mom, there's nothing I want to tell you. Like, I don't want to talk about it. She's like, okay, well, you still have to pay for these movies. And I was like, fine, you know, but I don't want to get into it. Um, And then when I was 19, I messaged my mom and I said, hey, there's something I want to talk to you about. And I knew in her reply that she already knew it was coming because she goes, okay, Reno. She said, okay, Reno. And I could hear a voice in my head that like knowing, okay, Reno. Uh, so I call her and I'm kind of like fumbling my words in the beginning. I'm kind of like dawdling around what I'm about to say. And she says, you know, she's like, what is it? Just, you know, just tell me what what's going on. I was like, I'm, I'm gay. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was like, I thought you knew. I said, how does that sit with you? And she's like, I will always love you. I've loved you since you were born, since before you were born. And since you were three, I've been waiting for this moment. You know, she Mm -hmm. said, like, I could not wait to go to the gay bars with you and like, you know, have these conversations with you. And I said, you know, wow, thank you. Thank you for receiving this so well. I said, what about my siblings and my dad and she's like well they know she said but you can still tell them yourself and I said how do you think they're gonna take it and she said I'm pretty sure they're good you know like you know them they love you so um I told them and uh they they took it well they all were just like yeah we know dude like this is no surprise to us and we love you still and my my dad was the one who surprised me the most because I definitely thought he would not receive it as well as he did. Um, mainly because he is, uh, you you know, this very masculine man. He was raised. Um, he was raised in a time where they believed in spanking. And, you know, his both his parents were very stoic. His dad was very sort of um, wounded masculine, if you will. Right. And his mom probably more wounded feminine. But even even as I recall her, she was she was more masculine as well. And so um, we felt that when he was around, you know, we felt that when my dad was around and he's come such a long way. Uh, So when I told him, though. He just said, son, I love you, you know, no matter what. And um, he actually came out to the gay bar with me at one point, And that was shocking. He said, what, you think I haven't been to a place like this before? I said, well, I don't know. Like, I, I thought you were like homophobic or something. He's like, no, like, I've been here, you know, of course, I'm cool. Mm-hmm. We had a drink together and it was all good. So. That was the gist of it. And I guess the last thing I'll say, I've gone on a bit here, but I had to come out again um, because I met my biological father just two and a half years ago. And so that was an interesting experience to be this like, you know, 30 something year old man who has already come out to his family and then has to come out to his family again. Um But it was pretty short and sweet. I was just like, hey, you know, this is weird that I'm doing this again. I already did this, but I'm just going to let you know, like, 
I'm a dude who loves dudes. I get down with dudes. And uh, he was like, cool, works for me. So, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so we're all kind of the same age, right? So Matt, you said 18, Reno, you said 19. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So for me, I was 19. Well, uh, actually, that might not be true. I was 19 when I came out for the first time, but that was with, to my ex-girlfriend. I think the first family member I came out to was my mom for sh- mm-hmm. See, so long ago, I don't even remember, I but it was the year after. Okay. I think it was about 20. Okay. So around there. Um, so yeah, how did I come out to my family? Um, what I wanted to talk about for this one is the first one, which was my mom, which was such a big deal for me because I'm very close with my mom. And that was probably the one I was most afraid of that and my dad, which I think is fairly common. Um, but for me, I remember thinking, I don't want to have to say it out loud because I don't even think I wanted to to say it out loud to myself, let alone to my mother. Um, so I remember what I did was I was just in a very bad mood all the time. I was miserable to be around. It was the year after I had gone away to university for that first um, year. So I was back at home in the summer after spending a a year in first year. And that was my first year out. That was the first time I had sex with men, first time I I did all this stuff. So I had come back home and I was like, ah, this place felt so like like it felt like a prison to me back in my childhood room, back in my childhood home with all my childhood friends and everything. And I hated being there and it showed very, very much. And so I resisted it. I resented like what you had said, Matt, I resented the fact that I even had to do this. I'm like, why do I have to do this? Like, why can't they just know? Why can't they just figure it out? Like, don't they know me? Blah, blah, blah. And I was just, just miserable to be around. No doubt. Um, so I wanted them to find out and save me the discomfort of speaking the truth. So what I did is like, I, I think this is subconscious. I'm looking at it now. It was not a conscious choice, but I was just so miserable that I, I made my whole family crazy. And eventually my mom, after one of our many fights that summer comes into my room and, you know, she's like, what is going on with you? Like, what is happening? Like, this is not who you are. You're very different. Like ever since you came back, you've been so strange and weird and this isn't who you are. And eventually she just asked me. So I got my wish. I didn't actually have to say the words. Hmm. And I said, yeah, or I don't even think I said, yeah, I think I just stayed quiet. She's like, are you drugs? I was like, no, no. I just kept saying, no, no, no. And then she said, are you gay? And I just silent. So I don't even think Mm. I technically (laughs) came out in that instance. And she knew. And so it felt like a relief, although I really wish going back to that version of me, like I I have compassion for that version of me who was very scared and didn't want to say it. But I mean, I've come such a long way. That was 20 years ago. I've come such a long way. I mean, now look at me. I'm on a fucking podcast talking to <laughs> thousands of people about everything I do. Anywho, yeah. so that was the first um, with my mom. And then I don't really remember my siblings, oddly enough. Like, I, I guess I told them <laughs> at some point. I don't really remember. But the other one was my dad. And so for me, coming out was a process. I didn't I didn't tell them all in like one time. It was like, you know, this year, this person, then another year, this person. And because my parents are divorced... And my dad, I, I, he spends a lot of time in Mexico in the winter, so I only saw him really during the summers. Um, he was the last one I told, and I was really scared uh, with my dad especially. So I told him last out of my immediate family. And I know why I told him last, and this is a really interesting story, but I remember when we were in, we did a family vacation to uh, Cape Cod when I was 10. And I didn't know I was gay when I was 10. 
no idea. But I distinctly remember taking a day trip to Provincetown. And this was in the summer. And Provincetown is a very gay, friendly hotspot, right? And I remember driving through the city and all these gay people just doing their thing, going to the beach. And this was 1993, right? So this is the early 90s. And I remember, for whatever reason, I don't know why I remember this. I don't remember anything from that age. But for whatever reason, I remember my dad saying something like, ugh, this is disgusting. Michael, never be like these people. Something mm -hmm. like that. Now, guys, I wasn't, I didn't know that I was like those people in that moment. I didn't know, but for whatever reason, that memory stuck with me. So there's something going on there. But anyway, mm. I think that's the reason why I was the most scared because that, that memory had an imprint on me. So that's why I was the most afraid at any rate. So fast forward now, I'm at this point, maybe 22, 23, 24, early twenties. And eventually my whole family knows my, my mom, my stepdad, my siblings, my stepmom, even you. And um, eventually I'm like, okay, I have to tell him. So I did. And he took it extremely well. He said all the right things, hmm. like all the right things. And I don't think anyone gave him a heads up. I really don't. I, I think that they did. They did honor my confidentiality. Um, but I'll say this: when he said, "Oh, who who else knows? Did you tell so and so?" I'm like, "Yeah." Oh, did you tell your sister? Yeah. Did you tell my stepmom? Yeah. The look of disappointment on that hmm. man's face will never leave me. I that made my heart sink. And he just stayed silent for a while. And he said, why didn't you feel like you could talk to me? Hmm. And that broke my heart. But going back to the story I told you earlier, that, that was the reason. And I think he made that comment. He probably doesn't even remember making that comment like at all. But that was the reason. And, and that stuck with me. So I guess my only regret with coming out to my family is that with my dad, I wish I had done it sooner, especially seeing the, the pain that it cost him that he was the last to know. Did you tell him why? No, I didn't tell him about that. Uh, that I, I don't think he would remember. And honestly, like I said, I don't even know why I remember, but it, it obviously stuck mm -hmm. with me. Um, no, when he asked, I just, I, I don't know what I said. I think I just said I was scared. Uh, I was scared that he wasn't going to love me. And uh, he just was like, how could I not love you? You're my son. Like, you're just, he was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, so yeah, like I said, he said all the right things. So those were those were the two big ones for me, mom and dad, uh, and they were years apart. Yeah, hmm. I want to make a little comment here about like the, even the fact that we're talking about this is a great example of minority stress. Um, you know, the fact that we even have to deal with this, and for some of us, it's at a young age. Like this is not something that heterosexual people need to deal with. Mm -hmm. And if you're coming out at a young age, it is one of those stressors, one of many stressors that we have as queer people that others don't have to deal with. So I remember hiding so, so much of myself in that like university period when I was in university and I loved being away. I'm so happy I went away to university because I, I got to like just escape from my family. And it was those years that I resented being them, being with them and very different from who I am now. Mm -hmm. um, but it's because I didn't want to have to come up to them. And I'm like, I want, so I just threw the whole thing out. I'm like, I don't want to be around you people because it forces me to have to deal with the truth, not, not of who I am, but having to say it out loud. And I hated that. So I remember that I resented them so much, but one day it dawned on me that they never forced me to not say anything. It was my choice mm -hmm. to stay quiet and to hide who I am and to put on the show. And so 
that was very empowering for me to realize, hey, wait a minute, they are not putting me in this position. It's me. I'm the one who's choosing this. And it was a hard realization, but it was a very empowering one. So, you know, I think that's why I do the work I do now. And I'm so shameless and vocal about it because I spent so much time opposite hiding myself mm-hmm. and realizing that, wait, I'm the one doing it. Like, why am mm-hmm. I doing this? Right. So yeah, just want to want to give a little shout out to everyone out there who, who is struggling with this and realize that this is a really shitty situation that we are in because we just live in a, in a hetero world that is oftentimes homophobic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I piggyback on that for a moment? Please do. I, I, I think, I think to, to add to that, you know, for, and I'm not sure who's listening right now, but, you know, to the people who, um, identify as like allies or to the people who are family members of people who fall under the you know the the lgbtqia umbrella right i think it's important for for them to be aware of what it what it's like to be us and um and I think that works both ways, actually. You know, mm-hmm. I think an understanding in both directions of what it's like to navigate this is really important because um, if if you're not aware of what it's like to be us, you know, and we're not aware of what it's like to be you, then there are situations where, say, someone makes a flippant comment, right? Unconsciously, unknowingly. Um, and and that ends up creating a a long term impact, you know. And you you may not have even meant anything by it. It may have just been off the cuff, but it really does matter, you know. Our our actions and the space that we hold and create for one another really does matter, and really is 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 really important and mm-hmm. um, detrimental as well, you know. So um, I think it's just important to be aware mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Reno. You know mm-hmm. what, guys, I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of people listening to this episode uh, that perhaps are not our usual listeners, maybe just because of the title. Maybe you are a family member of someone, somebody who is gay, and you saw this and thought, oh, this is interesting. So I want to welcome you because I have yeah. a feeling there will be some of those peeps out there. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Yeah, yeah me too. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I hope this this can help shed, shed, shed some light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, let's go to our next question. So how open are you with your family about your sexuality and love life? Matt. Hmm. I want to just honor both of you guys because, you know, I'm really working with my inner child right now. And that was the theme of the month prior. And, uh, you know, when you guys were both sharing, I felt you. I felt your little inner children. And just, you know, I remember... I was five years old when I had the first realization that I was gay and I carried that for 13 years until I was 18. Right. And just thinking about all the cortisol and adrenaline that's running through our bodies constantly in fear of being exposed and how that changes us in such a dramatic way. And, uh, you know, I think it leads to, you know, why you see a high, um, incidence of anxiety disorders in our community because, it is a very anxiety provoking thing having to hide being gay. So anyway, I just felt both of you guys when you both shared and I was like, oh, you know, because I know what it feels like. And, you know, it's the one thing that 
that ties us all together as gay men is that we all have this experience, whether we're out or not, we all have the experience of feeling like scared about something that is a pretty big deal about who we are. So I just wanted to, to say that. Um, yeah. So how open am I with my family about my sexuality or love life? You know, this is an interesting area because I share a lot on this podcast. And from some people's perspective, I overshare on this podcast, which I'm okay with. <laughs> and, uh, um, but this is one area that I don't share a lot. Um, I like to keep my love life and my, my sex life quite private. Um, so I don't really share with really my friends or my family. I, my best friend, um, I share pretty much every single thing with, um, her name is Jackie and she's, she's my soulmate and, uh, she knows everything about me. So if I ever died and you need to know anything about me, that's who you go to. <laughs> and I just had deja vu. That was so weird. It's like, I said that before. Um, very strange. Um, and my therapist, those are kind of the two people that I, that I share everything with. Um, I don't know why for me, I think it's just a private thing. Um, I don't know if it, it, if there is a shadow side to it where it's like, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable sharing, but I don't, I don't think so. Actually, I think it's more so just that it feels very private for me, like um, my love life. And I, I think I also have a bit of a belief too, that it's like, <clears throat> you know, if I'm, let's say I I'm, I'm have a partner and I'm in conflict with them and I go running off and telling people about this conflict. I think what we share with our friends and family can jade people's opinions of our partner. And I, so I'm always really mindful of that. Like I want to, so I, I have a few people that I can go to and they can be my support. Um, but uh, so there's that element of it. And then I don't feel comfortable talking about sex with my family at all. Like, it's just not something that I would ever talk about or love life. Like if I'm um, dating somebody, I will always, you know, tell my, my family, actually probably more so my mom, my mom and my sister, I think are the two people that I would tell first. Um, and yeah, trying to think, feel into if there's anything else that's kind of surrounding this. Um, because I do love talking about sex with people and I love talking about relationships and love. And cause this is like a really, really juicy area. I just love talking about it. Like when my clients are like, well, today I want to talk about sex and relationships. I'm like, yes, I love this. This is so good. Um, so maybe I need to feel it, feel into this a bit more, but, uh, yeah, it, it, you know what it is actually, it just intuited. It hit me is it's sacred for me. It's very sacred. And I think that I want to share things that are sacred um, with people that I guess maybe um, I have full trust with and that I feel um, have earned me sharing that sacred part of, of who I am. Um, yeah, that feels accurate. So, yeah, I, I yeah. get the impression from you. It's more about that than like, I don't know, shame or something else that makes more sense. Yeah, there isn't a lot that I have shame around in my life. There is little, I get shame pangs, like a vulnerability hangover. Maybe there's a little bit of shame panging around in there, but it's it's not it's not big anymore in my life. Shame isn't a big theme in my life per se. Um, so yeah, I think you're right, Michael. Yeah. That's because nice. you're a bad bitch. <laughs> I'm a bad bitch. Yeah, well, I've, I've worked on my shame, but my trauma is what I'm working on now. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah. the two-headed the two monster, shame and trauma. 
<laughs> no, Reno, we know that your dad went to a gay bar with you. So I think that that helps us give us a bit of a glimpse in terms it of what goes without access. saying, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting. Like, I'm just a fun loving, cheeky, playful, and really sincere guy. And so um, there's very little that is left. Um, what is it off the table? Um, for me, it's just like, I lay it out there. Um, with with respect, though, you know, so if there are things that sincerely like my family members don't want to hear I won't tell them but I'm not I'm not shy to the point where like we're having Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner or something like that and I'm you know maybe talking about one of my recent um lovers and are like sometimes even our encounters right I won't go into detail and actually sometimes I will just for shock value. <laughs> like I love when my brothers are like, ew, Reno, that's so gross. <laughs> like, stop it. And I just like it. I love it. It makes me so happy um, because here's the thing. Okay. So I'm going to say this. I feel like for my life, my entire life, I have moved through and existed in predominantly heteronormative spaces right like let's just say like the world at large in essence is a predominantly heteronormative so me being me with love and playfulness and a bit of an edge I, like I'm gonna I'm gonna nudge against that I'm gonna push against that you know and this is how I do that it's like I watch y'all cuddle kiss snuggle talk about your stuff walker room talk you know water cooler talk blah 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 i get to as well well i'm not you know i'm not excluded from this just because i'm gay forget it right so um i just made myself really comfortable talking about all this stuff and honestly after i came out i was like oh oh you know i i have i have this like image of you know the genie in the lamp and when he like finally comes out and he's like oh my god I can breathe I'm free you know it was like that <laughs> and uh and then I just let her rip and honestly I think my family really appreciates me for it I know sometimes they're like ew TMI but generally speaking I think it it inspires a culture uh um, an environment of openness and transparency you know mm. they know they can come to me and they know that they can share their weird and their mm. you know the stuff that like feels a bit edgy to them too so mm. I am not shy um, mm. and the last thing I'll say there's one more which is <clears throat> I came out to my brother this all happened in the same day the same night I came out to my brother him me, him, and my best friend, Colleen, went to the gay bar together with this guy, Matt, who I had met online years ago. I told him my name was Jordan. That <laughs> night, I told him, I finally told him my name was Reno. We went out dancing that night, went back to his apartment across the street. I slept in his bed that night while my brother and my best friend slept on the couch in the other room. And I'm pretty sure, no, 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 I'm not pretty sure they heard us hooking up in the other room. So that all happened in one night. It was just like, <laughs> and I'm gay. <laughs> My brother had a laugh about it. Bless his heart. Like he was so 
he was so sort of cheeky and playful about it and i loved it so yeah mm. that's awesome um that's a high level of access yeah. <laughs> in my opinion yeah <laughs> that's awesome though i mean i mean what you said inspired a lot with amina resonated a lot with what you said about the genie in the bottle and i think going back to my previous share having been um having hid myself for so long i think that like it's like an arrow <laughs> pulling back with all that tension and all of a sudden you first forward so yeah I, I i get that and resonates a lot um okay so what how open am i with my with my family well like we talked about here we are in a podcast which i know that they listen to and in fact they probably are listening to this episode right now so hi <laughs> <laughs> um yeah besides the podcast i'm also very open about my sexuality and relationships on my instagram and i know my my mom and my aunt and maybe my sister and brother-in-law um, subscribe to my my Willie's Mo newsletter. So they and I'm very open in that, probably more so because there's uh, no filters. <laughs> so they do know a lot that I put out publicly. So it's not like I'm sharing it with them specifically. They just they just know what I my my what I what I say here that they can get that. In fact, I've mm -hmm. had my partner on the podcast twice, and they've listened to both of those episodes. One of those episodes, we had talked a little bit about our openness. Hmm. So they know that, which was a fun conversation. Um, yeah, there was some family members who just didn't get it. <laughs> like, why would you do that? So, you know, that's fine. I'm, I'm happy to have those conversations with them. Um, but yeah, so they do know a lot about that. I will say that I'm very, very fortunate that uh, my family has been very open to all my partners. I've had five long-term relationships. Um, and I bring, I bring these guys into my family because family is very important to me. So um, historically they've, no matter who it is, they've all been very warm and welcoming with my current partner. Um, same. So that's really nice. And he's, he's very much part of the family. Um, I would think it was last year, two years ago, my, my youngest nephew, I was like, we were in the, in the kitchen and I heard him, I overheard him say uncle star. He called him uncle star. And mm. I was like, Oh my God, I don't, I don't know where he, pick that up. I don't know if my sister and brother-in-law said something, but like, it was just so beautiful and um, mm -hmm. made my heart glow. So I will say with my family now, the only times I think twice about it is with PDA. Uh, I'm a very naturally affectionate person. I touch, I like to touch. And so sometimes I realize, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> like, this is maybe what we do at home is uh, what we do at home, but what we do, let's say at family dinner it's maybe a little more <laughs> than what other people do. So I, I do find myself catching like, okay, maybe that's not the right place to put my hand or maybe that's too much or like cuddling and whatnot. Um, so yeah, I do find myself trying to limit what I do there in that respect. Hmm. Okay, so that's with my partner. I want to also talk about like my friend life and my gay life in general, not just uh, not just my partner. So with my chosen family, my friends, my my parents know all of them. They are again, very much part of the family. They know who everyone is. They, they know my life. They know my life and they're very respectful of it. They get that these bonds are very important to me. And I think they have come to realize and be very thankful that I, for the fact that I have my chosen family. Um, because I think they just know that, oh, you know, Michael needs the support and, they, and, and he needs these people in his life who can get him in maybe the ways that they can. So um, they know that my my chosen family are like, siblings basically and they respect that which is really nice hmm. and then when it comes to my city life my gay life here i live downtown toronto right in the middle of the village 
Um, I will say my, my parents have not come with me to like the gay bar in your sense, Reno, <laughs> but, but they have come to pride once my mom and my aunt came down to pride one year, which was really nice and really great. And even just a couple of weeks ago, my, my mom and my aunt came down to, to visit and we went to Woody's, which is a gay bar, but it was like on a weeknight and we were only there, they were only there until like nine or 10. And then once like all the hotties started coming in, I was like, okay, no, it's can't, we got to just choose one. I can't focus on my mom. And then also like, look at all these hot guys walking in around. So yeah, <laughs> but Wait, it was still so really nice. Choose, did you choose the hotties or did you choose your valet? Well, they had to go home. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I walked them back to the car. <laughs> yes. It was getting late. <laughs> so yeah, I'm very lucky that. But even being in that space, I felt it just was a mind trip and I loved it. I, and, and my friends were there too. So it was like me and my friends at the bar and like my mom and my aunt, which um, I, I will probably remember that for the rest of my life. It's a very special moment. So hmm. um, yeah, they've come to Pride. They get all that. I will say their experience of Pride really warmed my heart as well because they had such great feedback. They loved being in that environment. They're like, wow, there's so much love and like everyone knows each other and you know, you're a family, like this is really a family, a beautiful village, like literally a village where everyone knows each other and loves each other. And all these people are coming up to me and like, they're like, this is my mom. And they gave her a big hug mm -hmm. and it was just so, so full of love. And so I think that also helped them realize, because don't forget, right, For if your parents are in a very different hetero suburban world, they might get scared for a child who's like, how are they going to live their life? What are they going to do? Who's in love with them? What life, what's life going to be like? So for them to actually come into it and see, oh, wow. There's a lot of love. There's a lot of support here. I think it gives them a lot of comfort knowing that their son mm. is is in that. Um, now, what they don't have access to <laughs> is uh, similar to what Matt had said: is we're not a family that really shares a lot about sex, so that's kind of off the table. Um, so they don't know that. Um, I mean, I don't. I can't imagine my parents seeing something like Grinder or like those those types of gay things, like bathhouses and i'm not sure they know about that and i'm not going to be the one to talk about it but yeah that level is like the no-no that's the room we don't go into um but that's just our family dynamic that's just how we are and not because mm -hmm. not because we're ashamed of it or anything or not because i'm ashamed of it rather but more so just because we're not we're not that kind of family mm. yeah mm. so yeah that's that's I love it the access piece which I'm excited if they are listening to this. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to hear what they have to say. And the, the other face that I talked about two weeks ago was my niece finding my TikTok. I think <laughs> I talked about that and she saw all the stuff that I'm posting on TikTok. And I'm like, you know what? If we have to have a conversation about it, I'm happy to be that guy. I'd rather you hear it from me than from somebody else. Mm -hmm. That's just my stance on that. Yeah. All right, guys, as we as we finish up here, what are some tips you would offer someone who is considering coming out to their family? Matt. Hmm. Yeah, this is, it's a big deal. Um, so I would say just really honor, like you said off the top, Michael, like honor that it feels right and that you're not being forced to do it and that you're listening to your nervous system. Um, because it can be depending on, you know, your family. And if you come from a really religious family, I know a lot of, I've heard horror stories over, over my years of people being um, outcasted from their family for coming out and outcasted from their church and all these things. So it can be really, it can be traumatic for somebody that's already traumatized. So I would say be mindful, make sure that it feels like the right thing to do. Um, have support uh, when you do it. So whether that's a, a coach or, counselor or 
friend or somebody that you you can let them know that you're going to be coming out to your family so that if it does go sideways that you can um, fall back on that connection and that they can be there to kind of hold you in that in that tender moment um you know and then there's this other more fierce side of me that's kind of like fuck them if they don't accept you you know like there's eight billion people on this planet meaning there's eight billion opinions potential opinions of us and you know why we get hung up on a few is is you know beyond me so there's a part of me that's like don't wait for approval from anybody like because you might not get it and don't bring expectations into anything that you or when you're coming out or, or or whatnot because you know just let it be what it is if people can't accept you they might find their way to accepting you it might take them time and uh and to, to offer people that time but don't sit there waiting for them i would say live your life be happy be gay and um if people have a hard time accepting that then that's on them you know what i mean that would probably be my my best advice. Uh, I'm grateful that I've gotten to a place in my life where I feel like this isn't an issue anymore. And obviously that's, you know, part of being able to support people through this because, you know, you live it and you go through it and you understand how painful it can be. Um, but yeah, it's one of the most empowering things that we can do. And I actually think it is a gift, really. Like when it, it's not a gift, when we're going through it, it feels very much like a burden, but think about it like how many people go through life not being their authentic self. And part of us, we're, we're really like, I'm not going to say forced, but we kind of are a little bit like nudged by the universe to like be authentic and come out. And um, it's a, it takes a huge act of courage to do that. And when we practice courage, we literally become more confident and authentic and all the things. So I do think it becomes a gift and I'm, I feel really blessed that I was, you know, able to to find the courage to do that and just what, how it changed my life in a really big way. So, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Tell that. I wish you, I wish you could have told that to my 20 year old self who really needed to hear that. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Reno, what uh, tips do you have? Well, well, <laughs> um, I think first and foremost, you're not obliged to, to come out you're not obliged to come out you don't have to um heterosexual people don't come out you don't have to come out you can just live your life mm. and be who you are um but if it if it if it occurs to you if it feels if it feels aligned for you to come out you know if that's something that you feel would enhance your experience of life and being in this world and it feels necessary then absolutely you know um, but it's, yeah, it's, you're not obliged to. Um, I think the other thing too is what was really important for me when I was coming out was that I had at least one person in my corner, like knowingly in my corner. And let me say this, like, I didn't, I didn't know that my parents would or wouldn't be in my corner. Right. And, and luckily it turned out that they were. And I certainly had reason to believe that, you know, that my dad, for example, bless his heart. I love him and forgive him. Absolutely. Um, he, you know, his some of his actions would lead me to believe that he wasn't going to be that person for me. Right. Mm -hmm. So I my best friend was that person. I told her and 
what ended up happening is there was this sense that if she was the Your audio. Your audio oh, just cut out. Uh, is it back now? Yeah, you're good. Yeah. If she was the only person in my life who accepted me for who I was, that would be enough, right? So I think just having a safe space, you know, cultivating a sort of sanctuary, a safe space for yourself where you're supported is probably really important as you're gearing up to come out. And you that may occur to you instinctually, and and intuitively you know but if it doesn't certainly you know mm -hmm. put that into place um and then the other two things i would say are you know prioritize and validate your own experience right while honoring and giving space to theirs as well so it's like on the one hand everything you are experiencing and everything that is important to you is valid and is a priority Right. Mm -hmm. And so cherish that and honor that and give that the tender love and care that it deserves and that you would want from someone else. And simultaneously recognize that when you come out to your family, they are entitled to their own experience. Mm -hmm. And what we get to do is honor that and, and validate that and let that be there. But we don't have to take it on. Yeah. We don't have to take it on. Theirs is theirs. Ours is ours. And the last thing I would say is, you know, have high standards, but low expectations, right? Have high standards, but low expectations. Hmm. Um, Yeah. Like you, because I am here, I am enough. I am worthy of being here. Point blank period. Because I exist. I don't need to prove it. I don't need to. There's nothing to prove. I don't have anything to prove to anyone. And, you know, and I require that I be cherished, that I be respected, that I be honored because I exist. And I will extend the same to you. Hmm. And beyond that, I have no expectations. You know, it's just it's agreements, right? It's agreements. But if I come in with high expectations about, you know, what's going to happen and how people should be and how people should respond, et cetera, et cetera. I'm setting myself up for deep disappointment in some cases and in many cases, you know, so yeah. have high standards, but low expectations. Yeah. I love that. Guys, you mm -hmm. got like so many great tips. <laughs> Those yeah. are some really good, really good ones there. Yeah. All of that. I don't know what else I would add. Um, <laughs> I, actually, I just did a, for National Coming Out Day, I just did a post about some tips for coming out. And uh, yeah, you guys nailed all of them. I think, I don't know what else I would add. I, I would say one of the questions I get a lot is, you know, people think that they have to do it in person and you don't have to. Uh, there's there's no right or wrong way to do it. You know, ask yourself what would be the best, you know, environment for you, um, what would make you the most comfortable. If it's not in person, that's okay. It doesn't have to be. Um, Another thing that I would say from my own perspective is something that I didn't do that I wish I had is I wish I had prepared what I wanted to say and how I was going to say it. Because with the example I gave with, with my mom, I just kind of like <laughs> made my household miserable until <laughs> she asked me, I wouldn't do that again. So, you know, think about exactly what you want to say, maybe even write it in a letter just for yourself. Not like, not like you have to give the, the person this letter, just write it out. Uh, and sometimes that tends to help. You guys know that I love writing and journaling. I believe in that as a very therapeutic um, method to get things out. So sometimes that helps. And, it, and 
I'd even go so far as saying, say it out loud to yourself. Because sometimes just saying the words, I'm gay, I'm bi, I'm queer, whatever it is, saying it to yourself in a mirror helps you get over the jitter. So the first time you're saying it out loud is not in front of a family member. Mm. So I didn't do that. The first time I think I said it to a family member was when I said it to my mom. Or actually, again, I didn't say it. Um, so yeah, I think just preparing yourself. Another thing I like to do is write out just like my my main points. Like what is the main three things I want to say? Mm. I'm gay. Please love me. <laughs> you know, whatever that might be. Um, yeah. I think other than that, you guys covered all of it. And uh, I love what Reno said about having your support network ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big time. And, the, you know, I, I'm going to say I'm going to say one more thing, too. Um, and I, I, I'm saying this with a lot of passion. Um, I think that before we come into this world, our parents have these expectations you know they have these images and these visions of who we're going to be and what needs of theirs are going to be met through us their children you know Mm -hmm. oh they're going to give me grandbabies and (laughs) it's going to look like this and it's going to look like that and they have this whole made-up imaginary idea of what things are going to look like and then reno comes out and says you know i'm gay and in an in a flash, all their dreams are dashed, right? If they had them, all their expectations. That is that is a remarkably difficult experience to navigate. If you've ever had your dreams or your expectations quashed, you know, it's like that can be really hard to deal with. Someone once said, you didn't suffer from a broken heart. You suffered from broken expectations. And I mm. love that saying. And so, you know, for the parents, it's like, better do away with those sooner than later, you know? Um, I guess have dreams, but hold them lightly, because we're Mm. not here to live up to your expectations, you know? We are here to be our own creatures and to grow, and ideally, you would support us in that process, and I suppose some people don't have the capacity to do that for their children, you know? And and that's understandable. And I think that's where having, um, you know, and I think we talk about this in our next episode, but having, um, what do you call it, Michael? Fa- fa- what's the family? Chosen, chosen family. family. Chosen family. That's where having chosen family yeah. can be really, really valuable. But just mm-hmm. remember, you know, parents, your kids don't owe you anything other than, you know, love and respect. And, you know, and and to those of you coming out, like, your parents owe you the same and anything beyond that you get to co-create yeah yeah Yeah. well said thank you for that reminder Mm -hmm. um parents don't get a guide (laughs) by the way with your little baby son he's gay (laughs) and here's a guide on how to raise a little gay boy or girl Mm -hmm. whatever um they don't get that so they're figuring out figuring it out along the way as well now it wasn't until many later many years later my mom told me that she actually sought help uh, for having to deal with me coming out and I'm like, oh, why would you like, why would you need help? I'm the one who had to suffer. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> That's not necessarily true. So yeah. thank you, Reno, for for that reminder. It's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is powerful. It hit me. Um, yeah. I, a lot of parents aren't conscious either. 
like they come into this life and evolutionary psychology tells them that, you know, this baby is an extension of you and they are going to become you and they're going to fulfill all the things that you didn't fulfill in your life. They're going to be a superstar football player or this or that. And they just, it's all projecting. So the more conscious parents can become in letting their children be, give them a blank canvas and let them become who they, who they want. It's, it'll lead to a lot less disappointment. And then I also want to speak to the people that are on the front end of parents being disappointed in them. That's so painful. And that hits all the shame wounds when you tell a parent you're gay and you look in their face and you see that their, their dreams have been dashed. Like, huh, that's just gut wrenching. You know what I mean? Knowing that who you are innately as a human being is disappointing to somebody else. It's uh, it can hit some deep stuff. So it's a very tender area. Hopefully the listener viewer is really realizing that this, you know, just how tender and fragile this process can be. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to actually link in some resources in the show notes actually. So this is for both. I have some for both for parents and for this, I think it's aimed for children, but either way you can use them uh, Hmm. for anyone who's, who's struggling and who wants some, some guides on that. All right, guys, anything you want to add before I wrap this up? I love you all. (laughs) Yeah. Just loving Mm -hmm. you, holding you like, yeah, Mm -hmm. we get to be here. We get to do this. You are so Mm -hmm. loved. And that's what communities like this are for. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And the three of us are qualified to support people in their coming out process. So if you're needing support, don't hesitate to reach out. Absolutely. Okay. To our viewers and listeners, thank you for sticking through another episode with us. This was a a, a deep one and uh, mm-hmm. definitely a necessary one. I'm happy we we got to talk about it. If you like what you heard here today, uh, please give us a five star rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. If you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe, uh, where you will get uh, notified of when new episodes premiere every Thursday. And leave us a comment as well in YouTube. Uh, tell us about your own coming out to family, your own tips you have for people who might stumble upon this video, um, our allies, maybe parents and, and uh, queer folks alike. And don't forget to join us in the Game and Brotherhood Zoom Hangout on the last Thursday of the mm-hmm. month. And otherwise, we'll see you next week for another episode. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. <laughs>